Hi everyone, welcome to another exciting episode. Today we are talking to John Perez, a performer and an avid movie and TV watcher who now runs his own blog to keep everyone updated on the latest entertainment news. I hope you enjoy our chat today and welcome to the with my good friend and former co-worker, John Perez. Welcome to the show, John. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And when making this podcast, I knew that I wanted to talk to you on the show um, because we have been through an insane year or more kind of together. It feels like forever, but I think it technically is we went through a year. Yeah, well, the last several months of that apprenticeship lasted approximately yeah. <laughs> six and a half years. Exactly. So. so we have had to really band together, um, us and our fellow apprentice group. And we'll talk more about that and how that fits into John's whole story um, a little bit more later. But I want to give him a chance to just introduce. <laughs> so cute. This is my cat. <laughs> I don't know one why my favorite thing ever is like hearing a little meow in the background. <laughs> I want to give you a chance, John, to just introduce yourself as, you know, just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and what you're up to these days. Hi, I'm John. <laughs> I used to work with my good friend, Sky. Um, I'm, an, uh, I'm an actor and a singer based here in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, I grew up in the Daytona Beach area after moving down here from New York back when I was a wee wee lad. So I can't really say I'm a New Yorker, but I am certainly a Floridian, <laughs> for better or for worse. And we met during our time uh, as acting and production apprentices at American Stage. Yeah, nowadays I'm just uh, kicking rocks, see where they go. And uh, uh, oh, and I operate a blog now called uh, Perez Periodical. Yay! Ooh, I can't wait to hear more about that, which I'm already a huge fan of. So going back to kind of the beginning of your career. Where did you go to school and what did you study and how did you kind of land in this field, which, you know, is theater, like you mentioned? (laughs) Yeah. So my, my ventures into theater actually started in, in middle school and it was by mistake. Okay. Yeah. So I had signed up for whatever reason, like the cool thing to sign up for the cool elective that um, was popular when I was in middle school was home economics. Interesting. (laughs) So I was trying to get into home economics uh, and I signed up for it and did not get in. So the, my secondary elective was a split semester between technology for the first half of the year and for the second half of the year was drama. Why? Why they paired those two together. I don't know why I couldn't take a full year of either. Couldn't tell you. That makes sense. Wait, did the drama teacher teach the technology class too? No, she did not. They were two completely different teachers. So I had to have two completely different orientations halfway through the year. Okay. Because the home ec class filled up very quickly. Because again, super popular. And I mean, I can tell you right now, most of the people that had home ec that I grew up with in that town probably don't know how to sew a button, um, which is not no shade because neither do I, but. But you do. Uh, <laughs> okay, Jill gave us a tutorial. Jill taught us, but did I learn? Good point, good point. So yeah, I wound up in in drama class and I don't know, I think that was the, that was kind of the start of it. I took drama the rest of the time. I was in uh, middle school, I took it again in high school. Um, in high school though, I kind of, I joined choir. So that kind of tapped into my love of singing, which I didn't know was there. Uh, I knew I loved music, uh, but, and I knew I loved performing. So that was kind of a fun avenue to like explore both. Now, when I went into college, I went to Daytona State, uh, that was my community college. 
And I was actually a, a music major. I was on track to be a voice major. But yeah, I, I didn't love what I was doing. I like I, I love singing and I love I loved being in a choir. I even loved a lot of the classical music they were having me sing, but I just I don't I didn't love the circumstances I was in. The the department I was in was it was kind of run with toxic masculinity. So yeah, my that was a nice way of saying my my uh my director, my choir director was kind of an ass. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know, like even in college, I started veering off more toward the theater side of things. And then yeah, I mean I at that point, you know, I started doing musicals and I figure well, I can do both. I mean, I can sing and do theater and be in shows. Like, why can't I do both? From there, I transferred to the University of West Florida where I majored in musical theater and the rest is kind of, you know, kind of history. I went to that was back in my Pensacola days, lived 45 minutes away from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, never been there. Maybe won't go. There's not much to do. <laughs> My friend's boyfriend was at the, um, isn't there like an Air Force? Uh, yep, there's a naval base there. Naval base. Yeah. He was there for a while and she'd go down and she's like, well, the beach is there. So great. One thing I will say, um, they have really nice beaches. Luckily for me, they're the same beaches in St. Pete uh, because they're both in the Gulf of Mexico. So there you go. Yeah. Oh. Man, that really just like gave me a little jolt of uh, missing the St. Pete beaches. Yeah. God, remember our beach days? <sighs> the beach days were so fun. White claws on hand. Ain't no laws when you're <laughs> drinking claws, brother. <laughs> we changed some lives with white claws, okay? Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. We're not sponsored, but while we're here, not <laughs> <laughs> So after you graduated, you moved down to St. Pete and I love how you found the apprenticeship because you were already in St. Pete and it just happened to be a perfect opportunity. So did you know that you wanted to do something like an apprenticeship after uh, you graduated and moved down to St. Pete? Um, yeah, I did. Just a from quick TV guide answer. Uh, no, yes, I did. I, uh... <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> That's not how <laughs> Uh, I did know I wanted to do something after only because not that I didn't learn a lot at my time at UWF, but I just knew I wanted more because everything was in such a like was coming from an academic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think you're so focused on getting the grade sometimes that you don't really absorb anything. So I knew kind of that that middle point of still being in a semi-educational environment coupled with being in the professional world. I don't know. It just seemed like mm-hmm. kind of the best option for me at the time. So yeah, I, I knew I wanted to do something along those lines. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure glad that American Stage worked out because that was the only one I applied to. I know. What the heck? <laughs> the rest of us applied like seven to ten other places. Yeah, I know. But that just means... It was meant to be, right? Great. So American Stage is where we met. As we've mentioned, we worked on a team of apprentices. Some of us were acting in production. Some of us were more admin-based. I think this job pushed us at all capacities. I personally learned a lot and learned about myself a lot. And I really enjoyed working with a close-knit group of of people and you. And I think it just, I don't know, it was a very interesting experience. Obviously, we did not get the experience that we signed up for. Because <laughs> then a pandemic hit. Yeah. Yeah, that was certainly <laughs> a wild ride turned wilder. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it out. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And we, I mean, I will say we hung on through the rest of our apprenticeship and American Stage kept us working and learning. And when we both logged on to Zoom, we had a collective, um, (laughs) what's it like a nicer way of saying PTSD? Um, (laughs) Just a little ping of... (laughs) I don't know. Fear? No. (laughs) 
There was an unspoken bond. That familiarity that an unspoken bond every time we signed on and we can just look (laughs) we can look at each other's squares and kind of see where we're at that morning. Not physically because we all knew where each other was, (laughs) but um but we could certainly tell what state of mind we were in based on how we we looked or sounded. Yes. Any given morning. Agreed. And I think I will say that John is the master of like chatting you or texting you while you're in like a very group (laughs) open setting. And I am not good at hiding my emotions. So I'll be just odd. Like Kiana and I I think had to turn our cameras off multiple times because we'd be just laughing, (laughs) which (laughs) you know what? It's fine. We weren't, we were still professional, but sometimes you just have to laugh through the pain. Oh my God. Well, you got to remember, you and I remember, but for any listeners, our latter half of the apprenticeship was in the, right at the beginning of the pandemic um, and uh, all of the protests that were happening earlier in the year. So it was a very, very emotionally draining time for a lot of people. And Uh when you're navigating all of that, um, along with like how to basically listening to the people who hold your job in the balance, try and figure out how to ensure that these people still have jobs. It's very emotionally draining for everyone. So I think, you know, there were, there were those times that we just kind of had, you kind of had to make each other laugh, yeah. even if it was at the price of looking a little unintentionally rude in the morning for giggling <laughs> during uh, an important meeting. <laughs> Yeah, we were never rude. I will say that. No, but no, no, no. it was it was it was nice to have, you know, each other to bring a little light to the dark times <laughs> because that's definitely what they were um mm. and still continue to be. So, um very thankful. I feel like none of us knew our relationships would grow in that way and maybe they would have grown in other ways if there was no pandemic, but I think it was there and it made us stronger in the ways we had to make it. I think there are very few things in life that bring people together more than struggle. And I think I'm speaking mostly on a, uh, the way I can kind of relate to that is like, especially in, in the world of theater, if we're going through a tough rehearsal process, like whether you're working on a show or in a show, I don't know, there's a kind of bond that forms if you're not getting a dance combo yeah. and there's someone either trying to help you or struggling alongside you to learn it. I mean, there's a, there's a bond that forms there because you feel a little less alone than you did going into it or coming out of it. So mm-hmm. I definitely think some of those more frustrating days, whether it was, you know, simply being on zoom or working on our series of short films, our device piece. Uh, I think, I, I do think that there are those times that that's where it kind of started to click a little more for us. Mm-hmm. Or even working in person, um, like I said, on, either on five times around. For me, yeah. one of the big ones was the people downstairs. Shout outs to Natalie Simons. I just think that that's something that brings people closer together. Yeah, that show was draining in a physical way in that like hours of movement. And I think one day I got 23,000 steps in like yeah. a few hours. It was insane how much we were, you know, putting into it and working that job needed well first of all it needed a leader and you were an amazing leader as the assistant stage manager and we were (laughs) lucky to have you know well many people were leading us in that in that instance but you, you have to have a trust and a bond in order to go through that those long days, those long rehearsals, and then also the trauma of then losing all that. So our sh- the show got canceled the day of opening night. Yeah. We had one one preview. We had a preview. One audience preview, which my brother was yeah. actually in the audience for, which is kind of like crazy to think. Oh. Remember he was like in town. Money Man Kirk. <laughs> exactly. Money Man Kirk. I mean, that was traumatic for everyone involved. Life has its ways of giving us those those challenging moments and then letting us preserve those memories just for us, which is basically what that show is as of now. It's a very um, sacred thing to everyone involved until, you know, one day when some, Mm. you know, the world will see it. Yeah. I really, I don't, 
actively think every day about our experience at American Stage. But when I start going down a rabbit hole, I definitely am, you know, brought back to all of the memories and just because it almost feels like a distant experience just because of how it moved so quickly at the end and so insanely. Yeah, it's so wild to think that we we started the apprenticeship in, in middle to late 2019 mm-hmm. and we're only just now ending 2020 it was six years ago i know it we went yeah, through it's some just time approximately loop. six and a half years ago <laughs> all that to say that i i often forget how uh recent all of that was because i i try i try not to think about being on zoom so much i think because that's what's freshest in mind yeah for sure. Well, we just did a reading the other day that I'll mention because it was it was quite interesting and I'm I was happy to be a part mm. of it. So it was called hashtag enough and young playwrights all over the country and world, was it? I think it was worldwide. Yeah. I know the performances were nationwide. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess it was online, so it could have been worldwide. Yeah. I feel like the playwrights were from all over, but these young people wrote plays centered around gun violence and how it has affected them, their communities, and young people in general, and, and people in general, obviously. But also hearing these plays from a young person's perspective was just so moving and so interesting. And, but one of the things that was uh, really exciting about it was being back in the Zoom room with John and some other fellow actors. And acting through Zoom is not um, <clears throat> what I would consider ideal. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. There, There is something about spending so much time together on Zoom and then being back. And I almost like had a sigh of like, okay, like I know this because we've been here and we've Mm -hmm. kind of experienced this before. So it was cool to be back doing that with you. And I'm sure there will be, I hope there will be more opportunities to work together. Yeah. I, what I will say, um, also shout outs to all the playwrights of hashtag enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a, as Sky knows about me, uh, aside from all of the general lack of seriousness um, that I exude, I actually, I'm a very big advocate of social justice across the board. And so getting to be a part of the reading for something so important, um, I was, I was very happy to be a part of, and I'm always happy to shed light on topics that uh, should never be go back in the dark. Agreed. Do you think some of that stems from your activism in your own community, being a Latinx actor and kind of what that means to you? Yeah, partly. So it's, it's weird because I grew up, I'm originally from the Bronx. I was born in the Bronx, uh, in New York. Uh, but I moved to Port Orange, Florida, Daytona beach area when I was around four and we were one of the only, uh, Latinx families in our community. Okay. So it's hard to say that like I had a lot of hardships. I mean, we had our fair share, some of them relating to our culture, some of them not. I don't think I really started paying attention to that type of stuff really until after high school. I started paying a little attention in high school, but I mean, how much does how much does any teenager pay attention to anything? Sure. Yeah, once I once I got to college and you know, you you start meeting new people and taking new classes and hearing new perspectives that aren't your own or your families who, even if you love them, sometimes they may have a very antiquated way of thinking about things, even if they themselves are not inherently bad people. Mm-hmm. They just may have an antiquated way of thinking. So to answer the other part of your question, it does influence me as an actor as well, though, because there's a series of stories that we are used to telling. When I say we, I'm I'm speaking specifically to the Latinx or Latina communities, mm-hmm. but I mean, this applies to BIPOC communities, LGBTQ communities, where the stories we get to tell are usually they're a little played out you know we get we get to tell stories of struggle and you know all these things that get so tiresome or like we're a gangbanger a drug dealer and it it gets a little exhausting seeing other people who look like you constantly play these characters that are like in or on their way to jail Mm -hmm. 
all that to say though the same is said for lgbtq actors and performers is they you know there's largely these stories that are all about prejudice and homophobia and things like that and there's not a whole lot of content out there be it stage or otherwise that's just either just simply existing as you are Mm -hmm. or celebrating the things you are and so I, I do find that I I tend to veer toward those things and inadvertently bring it into my acting as well because that's just so woven into who I am. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of um, I, I wanted to talk to you about this on a personal level too, um, but I saw that you watched the movie. What was it? Happiest season. Mm. And I've I've personally seen a lot of mixed thoughts about it and I also have some mixed thoughts and I think it's exactly what you just said which is I thought the relationship or someone in the relationship (laughs) Harper um (laughs) was actually a pretty toxic person and it was just a shame that like in order for her to like fix things she came out to her family or Mm. that was you know what was going to heal everything Mm. Which I think it's just sad that like it had to be this story of her coming out story. That would have been great. But instead, it also kind of made it seem like all of her problems would be fixed as soon as she came out, which is just like not a normal thing. No. <laughs> and like she still said awful things and did awful things. But how does that, you know, we're only seeing that very stereotypical kind of story and I I mean I loved the representation I thought you know the actors were great and everything but I just think there's like further conversations about those types of placements in media and you know that could be talked about more yeah and I I think Happiest Season is an example of like how many Christmas movies or holiday movies can you think of off the top of your head that feature a gay relationship or leading gay actors. Yeah. So crazy. (laughs) So at one hand you're like happy that finally there's some representation, but also did you watch holiday? (laughs) I have not watched holiday. (laughs) Okay. I liked it. Forced my roommates to watch it. It was kind of fun, but like, I'm just thinking, what if we just, made that a lesbian couple and had it be an actual like real life. I mean, like, I mean, it was a little out there, but a kind of like basic romance story, but just not add any frills or like someone has to come out or someone's family member is not, you know, accepting or, you know, like, why couldn't we just like put two women or two men in, in those kind of roles that were written to be like, normalized like a hetero couple yeah and that's kind of the the struggle of seeing representation out there uh like a movie i loved i think it actually came out last year but i only watched it this year um it was called the lovebirds uh it stars uh Issa Rae and kumail nanjiani and in the in the film they're a couple and it's never explicitly drawn out that like Issa Rae is black and kumail is uh middle eastern they just are um, and and it's it's woven in here and there to you know kind of pay nod to who they are, but yeah, it's not about that. And I'd much rather see stuff that's people existing as they are, as opposed to it being their struggle. Yeah, and yeah, so uh, you're right. On the one hand, I I'm glad we see more of representation, but that also I don't know who wrote or directed Happiest Season off the top of my head, so I don't know. I can't speak to whether or not they had gay writers or anything like that. But but even still, like people existing as they are, I, I think is the, the goal that I would like to see more of. Exactly. There shouldn't, in the stage directions, it doesn't have to say, or in the character list, it doesn't have to say this person is white or is in the Latinx community or, you know, like, when will there just be a time when anyone can and of course there yeah. are stories that are important for different communities and and different pieces of history sure yeah um but there's a good i think there's a good balance and there's room for everyone yeah i think it also it just depends on what story you're telling yeah um so like moonlight was telling a very specific story happiest season was also telling a semi-specific story 
It might have been trying to reach a exactly. Yeah, that's larger, a yeah. That's yeah, a good. Exactly, that's a good for word sure. for it. Um, yeah, I think I think depending depending on what you're telling, if you're just to kind of dip into the the comic book world a little bit, like if you're doing uh, Miss Marvel, who is she's meant to be Pakistani American, I would be a little alarmed if you cast someone who was not of Middle Eastern descent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, that's, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I am. It just, it depends on the story you're telling. Yeah. And I definitely, every time I work with people like you or, you know, a lot of people at American stage had, had open conversation about representation in theater. And I think, um, I think I spoke to my friend, uh, Marissa, who was on the podcast, um, a few episodes ago. Shout out to Marissa. Yeah. Shout out to Marissa. We, uh, (laughs) We talked about having these conversations among ourselves and but also with the organizations that we work with and the groups of people and the different communities we work with and taking those steps to start to understand a different point of view or a different community is, you know, we're as long as we're taking those steps, I think we're making theater a better place to be a, be a professional. And I think working with people like you, like I said, I have learned a lot and, you know, putting these conversations out there and, you know, putting things under scrutiny, like something that was also an enjoyable holiday movie, (laughs) just back to the original thought, like it can also, we can also, we can enjoy it, but we can dig deeper when, when we need to. Certainly, certainly, one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you for for what you were saying before. Uh, it also, it, on my end, it helps when you have people who are who are willing to listen, who are willing to get over themselves. And rather than, I'm not saying I'm not talking about any one person or one organization in particular. I'm just I'm speaking in generalities. Yeah. R- rather than count on your friends who are different than you to explain things to you you listen and you're receptive Mm -hmm. rather than listening or and even being somewhat combative or like yeah but Mm -hmm. or i did that or i tried that or yeah 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 because there's you know you hear the horror stories all the time especially in theater about like oh well we try to do this show but no one comes out to audition and so yeah (laughs) yada 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 it's it's the same old story and it's just it, it, it gets tiresome because it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? If you are not a reputable like company or organization that people are going to want to make the trek mm-hmm. to audition or anything like that, well, then, then there's, it sounds like there's some deep rooted issues there yeah. that isn't necessarily placing, it's not always fair to place the burden on the people auditioning or lack thereof, Yeah, you know? For sure. Yeah. And parts of it seem complicated, but at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of not, everyone's just asking to have their voice heard and be respected and, you know, showcased, which everyone should have that. So this year in theater has been a year of, of learning and of opening up all of our insecurities and, and getting to the root of mm. issues everywhere. And it's not a, it's not an overnight process either, you know, cause it's just something that we're going to have to continue fighting for because it's going to move at a slow pace uh, in the beginning, at least um, mm-hmm. until we get more shows uh, that are, you know, feature, not only feature, but are produced and written by the, you know, other communities that aren't, represented as often so you know for me i'm always a big proponent of seeing latinx works uh but also i i I don't want to just limit it to like that's you know i'm one track minded or anything like that but yeah i think i i do think that that's that's the way it's gonna be for the time it's gonna be a lot of like but at this point it's not gonna be just like hey this is the same old song and dance it, it's gonna be more like almost harsh reminders all right this is what we expect now and I, and it's not even just people of color or anything like that that are expecting that now i think it's becoming more of a of a mainstream idea within the communities so whether it be it the theater community the film industry showbiz yeah 
And probably many more industries that I have no idea about. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. This is it's a long process, but, you know, and it's not it's not necessarily ever going to be done. Mm-hmm. It's not like checking boxes. It's it's a lifetime of, of learning, but we get to be a part of it, which is cool. And we get to have the conversations and be in on the meetings and, you know, kind of see our industry grow. Yeah, absolutely. We could also talk about this for hours, (laughs) which we could. So we we talked about your theater career, moving to the apprenticeship, obviously. Things are a little slow on that front uh, for everyone in this industry just because of uh, the pandemic. But you have not wasted any time and you have a new venture that you've been working on. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like I mentioned at the beginning, I run a blog now. It's called Perez Periodico or Perez Periodico. Uh, Periodico means newspaper. Okay. <laughs> in Spanish. So I do this blog. It started as like a, just a, a way for me to talk about things I enjoy. And the page actually used to be called Johnny P Like Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. After a while, though, um, I was like, hey, I don't use this page for much anymore. So let me let me kind of get back into it, which I did. And I just kind of started, you know, talking about the shows and movies and stuff I was watching during quarantine. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of started playing around with more researching, like reading articles and, you know, kind of trying to find my own scoops and stuff like that, Um, which I mean, I I don't claim to be a journalist or anything, not by any, any, any stretch of the word. But kind of. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go out and say you're a journalist, yeah. but I mean, you are reporting things. I don't, I don't read a lot of newspapers, so I get a lot of like movie, TV star, like kind of info from your posts, which I think, I mean, oh, cool. That technically is news. <laughs> well, I will, I will accept that then. <laughs> um, He's like, I'm yeah, adding so it to I, my resume right now. Right. Adding it to my resume. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, after a while, it just, it didn't feel natural anymore to just be like, oh, this is just stuff I like, especially when, you know, there are other people out there that enjoy those same things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I, I always enjoyed watching content, you know, be it like after show talks or movie reviews. And I enjoy talking about movies. I enjoy the conversation that comes with it. Uh, I'm sure you remember I would always be talking about stuff or referencing stuff and no one knew what the hell I was talking about. Except for like Lyle and I'd be sitting there like I have no idea. Yeah. And and we know those those conversations could veer off for days. Us way off topic. (laughs) Um so I was like, I think I want to try something new. And it kind of it started on Instagram. But then the more I got into it, into making graphics and things like that, I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to take it a little more seriously. And, you know, that's where the the rebrand came from. Yeah. So I ventured off into, I'm still, it's still mainly on Instagram, but, um, but I'm also on Twitter. I'm on YouTube now. Um, I just did, we, I say I, we just did our very first Twitch stream. Ooh. Yeah, we did. Uh, we have a new, a new segment. It's a, it's a little more long form. Uh, and it's called deep dive where it's more of an in-depth discussion and like analysis on whatever topic. Mm-hmm. So we recently did Kendra and I, Kendra was my very first guest. Oh yay! And we did a deep dive on uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And yeah, and it, it, you know, it was just about two hour long conversation on everything that went into the movie, but uh, both our thoughts as well as some research we did behind it. So it was really cool. And we're, we're looking to make that into like a monthly thing. So yeah, it's just, we're just kind of seeing how it, uh, how it all plays out. Um, I'm, I have a lot of fun doing it. I enjoy the excuse to continue watching more movies and TV shows because sometimes I like anyone else, I will go to my comfort show. I'll watch, you know, I'll rewatch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for the billionth time. Um, so now that I have this uh, this blog to run, I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I have time to watch this, listen to this, do this, carve out time to edit. Um, so it's it's definitely filling a creative void that was there. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing so far. Good. And I mean, knowing you and knowing how much you love movies and TV shows and kind of being 
up to date with even like the pop culture of the movie scene and everything. It's awesome to see you putting your time into this and also to see how your page is growing and like your graphic is so cool and the graphics that you post and the posts are so thought out. And I, I definitely followed it when it was just Johnny Pete like stuff. (laughs) And I mean, it's like, it got a makeover in a, just a very, professional and put together way. And even though it's start started as your hobby, it's, you can see, I mean, there's so many people that love movies and love TV shows and like to follow. I like more of the kind of newsy parts of it yeah. <laughs> um, because I never let myself sit down to watch a movie because um, I am insane. <laughs> but I'm, you know what? The thing is, is I'm, I'm very similar is that if I didn't, even now, sometimes I'll I'll kind of drag my feet a little bit on something mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been meaning to watch. So um, like a little spoiler alert. Um, I am actually not the creator of most of the Christmas corner posts. Most of those are actually Kendra. She actually, for the most part, will create both the graphics and write the reviews because there's just, there's so much content out there. It's definitely not entirely a solo venture just because there's so much there's so much out there yeah. that uh, from time to time, I do need a little help. That's, I mean, basically, I mean, I see it now. You have a full staff of people yeah. reviewing different things. One thing I do love about your reviews is that they're very straightforward and to the point. And like, it's an Instagram post or what what I read are the Instagram posts. So it has to be kind of, you know, just like a very short form. There's your information that you can fit in the graphic and then mm. swipe through. Cause you also know that people on Instagram scrolling through, aren't going to like read a 20 page essay about a yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an art in and of itself being able to condense down to one post about it. Oh, thank you. Which I, I mean, I think that's awesome. And like I said, this is, I mean, this is opening a whole new world to you. And as you continue to perform, you'll meet people that have the same interests and getting to collaborate with them probably on this kind of thing too will be really awesome. Yeah. I mean, one, one can only dream. I don't, I don't presume to know uh, how far this page will go. I have to format the posts in a way that if you're scrolling by, it will both catch the attention of whoever is scrolling as well as give you the information you need in a quick time only because just because like, you know, cell phones in general, social media, you know, it, Everything is so like, what is up now? Like, oh, here's this, here's this. Yeah, it's crazy how fast I find myself scrolling sometimes. I'm like, did you even look at anything, you crazy person? (laughs) Well, that's where the YouTube channel comes into play for me. So right now, what's mainly on my YouTube channel is I I do a a Mandalorian after talk show um, called Mando Talk. But at least for that... I did one Mando talk on Instagram where I wrote it as a post mm-hmm. and it was, I had to edit it quite a bit because the caption was too long for Instagram. Oh, so at that point in a very full circle moment for me, I, I took the things we learned at American stage, especially when we kind of had to become our own videographers. So I was like, you know what? I think I have the know-how of putting all this together myself. I think I can, I think I'm more than capable of filming and editing something together myself and having it in this new format, which that in and of itself has been a lot of fun. Well, that's the thing. Like we have had to find new ways to express ourselves creatively and kind of, I don't know, get, get those, that energy out. And for me, it was the podcast. And like you said about not knowing where the page will go, I have no idea where this will go. One can only hope that we'll get a couple sponsorships from White Claw. White Claw, this is our second plea. Wait, hang on. Here we go. What do you do when you want a seltzer water and alcohol? Crack open a White Claw. Because remember, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to put that as the intro and people can either (laughs) leave or they'll be like, ooh. (laughs) 
this beaming's got some sponsors (laughs) you you launch your sponsorship campaign with a complete lie (laughs) you know what if someone was like whoa she got white claw we need to be a sponsor you never know and then what what's the worst thing that can happen white claw has to sponsor you because some it's already been said either that or they sue me you know what could be worse you heard it here first beaming Exactly. You heard it here first. Who knows where this will go, but you're right. Next step, White Claw sponsorship. Then (laughs) it's off. We don't know. It will never, (laughs) never end. But all I know is that I'm enjoying it. And I know that people are enjoying listening. And really, as creatives, that's all we can really hope is that one person is is enjoying (laughs) I, and I, I have to say, I was I was very excited to get the invite on here. I, I do love your program. Um, we had to talk about the word program earlier. That's why I said it like that. Um, and I'm only saying that from now on. I, I do. I love it very much. And actually, part of the reason why I, when I post a review for something, I don't necessarily enjoy focusing on the negatives. Not because, like, I'm not ignoring that they're there. But I feel like I I have something I want to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, which is the I guess the the nice thing about essentially being my own boss in this thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like when you when you do an interview or have a conversation with someone here, uh, I, I I very much get that same like you know we could focus on like the harsh harshness of life, but no, it's 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 very much like acknowledging them in a way that shows how it's formed whoever you're speaking with to be the person that they are. And um, at least that's what I get from your show. I don't know if any of that made sense. So yeah, I, I kind of like to format my, my own reviews in a, in a similar way um, to just kind of focus on what I enjoy about a movie. If there's a movie I absolutely hate, which there are, <laughs> I chances are I will probably just not, not make a post about it or not talk about it. Unless it's a bigger issue or a bigger topic which you've you've also kind of posted news related things that are bigger conversation starters too which yeah so i'll have the occasional like especially in my kind of niche not so niche uh corner you know i i cover a lot of your star wars and your marvel and things like that a lot of fandoms and there's a lot of toxicity that goes into those and i just knew i wanted to be a page right off the bat that was like i'm not here for that yeah there's so many lgbt and BIPOC performers and artists that get just absolutely ravaged online and literally chased offline. So yeah, so I, I, or, or like, I'll talk about, you know, like the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard stuff from time to time, but I generally, I try to keep it, you know, keep too much of my own personal opinion out of it, unless it's like, unless it's more in a positive light. So that's where beaming comes into, into play for me. I, I, I much, very much enjoy focusing on the positive things that make us who we are, you know? Agreed. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel that way about beaming. And I've been thinking a lot about that too, because you know, there's, we could talk about this also forever, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's, that thought of social media in general being a highlight reel. And I think that beaming, I want it to be a highlight reel of a person's journey, not necessarily the highlights of, of their day to day. Like Mm. I, I love a picture of someone sipping a white claw on the beach, (laughs) but I want to know like what, what joy does that bring you and how did you get that and where did that start and mm. what did you go through to get there? Kind of like just filling in the blanks of your highlight reel, because I think we you could focus on, on the hardships, but I think all of my guests, I think everyone in the world is so unique and goes through different struggles or um, road bumps along the way that just basically make them who they are and get them to where they're supposed to be right now, which is on my show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So I love, I love chatting with people and hearing about, about their lives and I'm glad you do too. And I, and I love that you have that positive approach to your, your journalism as well. We're going to call it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, to wrap up the show, I would not have a movie TV expert 
okay, on the show without <laughs> asking, <laughs> without asking him for his top picks of the moment. So here are some of John's top picks. Listen up. What should we not miss out on right now? What we should not miss out on is we are still currently in this new golden age of TV. Uh, as much as I love film, I think audience are switching over to long form storytelling. Um, so I think TV is kind of over the last few years been, been the way people have been veering off to. And it started a few years ago with like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. And now we have things like The Good Place that people absolutely love. So for me, a lot of my favorite things this year have been on on TV or streaming services. I'm, I just kind of lump them all in together. A few of my favorites are The Boys. I like a lot of superhero stuff. So I'm good. Your guys are probably going to hear a lot of stuff along that line. Okay. The Boys, which also I think that was that was on Obama's yeah. top list. Yeah. That's so crazy. The Boys is streaming on Amazon Prime. And it is based on the uh, comic of the same name. And it's so, it's such an interesting concept in within the genre because it's, it's quite literally like, what if superheroes were in the real world? And what if those superheroes operated under a giant industry? No tea, no shade. But like this, uh, this organization produces all of their own movies, which star the superheroes and sells all the merchandise with the superheroes. So it's like how superheroes would be in real life. And it ain't always pretty. Um, it's very rated R. So if you're, if you're impartial to uh, gratuitous violence or language, I maybe would say go in with a cautionary uh, outlook, but I think it's, it's such an interesting dichotomy to what people expect from superhero content uh especially within the the disney age so uh that's definitely one uh along those same lines umbrella academy on netflix um i was not a huge fan of this first season i didn't hate it i just wasn't a very big fan of it but then the second season came out and i was i was all in with some, you know, really great performances from Aiden Gallagher and Elliot Page. Kirk and I started it, but I, I think it's good to hear you say that season one was hard for you because you were like, oh God, do we stick around? Well, with season one, there's times it gets so frustrating because sometimes the characters will do or say things that you're like, mm. what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, or like... At least for me, there's some plot holes that are like, okay, you guys have all these extraordinary abilities and that's what you're doing. All right, cool. But no, I, I promise you season two from start to finish is just, is amazing. Okay. Going away from superheroes a little bit, I would definitely suggest, you heard me talk about this all the time, uh, what we do in the shadows. Favorite, it, it premiered last year, but the second season came out this year. It's one of my favorite comedies. Um, it's based on the movie of the same name. It's an old uh, Taika Waititi movie. And it's it's essentially, the closest thing I can compare it to would be like, it's like The Office with that like single camera style comedy. You know, it's kind of like they're filming a documentary, except with vampires. <laughs> oh my God. I remember you telling us about this and I was like, what? <laughs> if you don't have time to watch both seasons, which you should, because it's so funny. There is one episode you can watch in season two. You don't need any context for it. And it's arguably the best episode of the series. It is the Jackie Daytona episode. Okay. Uh, of the show. And it is the most ridiculous and genius thing I've seen in a very long time. If you want, if you want a little levity, in your life, I would say, I would certainly say that. And I think lastly, only because I just watched the season finale before this interview, was uh, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, The Mandalorian. What's cool about The Mandalorian is that while if you know a lot about Star Wars, it's enriching. But if that's the very first thing you watch of Star Wars, you won't really be lost. Okay, that's good. To which know. is which is very appreciated, especially. It's hard for a new 
a prospective fan to get into anything that has like a big history behind it. So like if someone is only just now thinking about, Hey, maybe I want to start watching Marvel movies, or maybe I want to start watching star Wars movies. There's a lot to go into and that's a lot of time to dedicate. Um, So it can be a little intimidating, if not straight up off-putting. Like someone might see that Marvel has 22 movies and they're like, well, I don't have time to watch 22 movies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, of course, it took them 10 years to make them. (laughs) Um, But at least with The Mandalorian, it's a a new story kind of set after all of the, the movies or in between some of them. You don't need to be a big Star Wars aficionado to get into it. Uh, Yeah, so I think those would be my there there are more there are others uh, i could mention yeah but they're just gonna have to follow along on your page sorry one last show i have to mention on here dave oh really yeah dave have you heard of it yeah it's with what's his name lil dicky yeah <laughs> honestly one of the best comedies this year wow i wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as i did it's just uh there's so much there's so much that goes into it um i think one of one of their episodes landed on Rolling Stones, I think in their number number two best of, wow. number three, something like that. Um, mm. But yeah, so I, I was just, I happened to be reading that um, not too long before this. So I, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that show. Those are a couple shows that y'all, y'all can certainly get into in these uh, next few weeks, I think. Thank you so much for being on the show, John. How can people find you and follow along with both Perez Periodical? And just you in general. For anyone interested in my blog, you can follow me on Instagram at Perez underscore Periodico, uh, Twitter at Perez Periodico, YouTube, just Perez Periodico. Uh, All the links to that um, are in my uh, Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Uh, I sometimes forget Twitter exists. That's why. (laughs) If you want to follow my day to day, uh, you can follow me at uh, John Perez is a superhero on Instagram or uh, at John the Perez on Twitter. And I will link everything below so you can very easily find John. I so appreciate you being on the show, John. It's so nice to be, you know, in this little Zoom room studio with you again. And I can't wait to see all you do with your career and all of your creative ventures. Aw, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I love seeing uh, seeing you. Well, they don't know I can see you, but yeah, <laughs> I love being on the show with you. I love uh, the premise of this of this show. I love everything you're doing. So I look forward to see where you where you go with this. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beaming this week. Make sure you go check out John and his new blog. Give him some love over there. I also hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Whatever you're celebrating this season, I hope you're with loved ones and know you're appreciated this year. Thanks so much.